0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show. And in this episode, we're going to get back on format and we're going to cover the three different main areas of being a coder. We're going to talk about web design, web development, and of course, getting clients. And so, in the web design segment, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about some trends today. I was reading a post on the Next Web about common trends that they see happening in 2014. And I thought it was a pretty good post and uh, I wanted to comment on some of the trends that they're mentioning and what you as a coder need to focus on in 2014 and really going forward and how things are changing in a way that you might not completely understand or grasp uh, and what that's going to mean for you in the future as a coder because things are shifting and things are changing and when that happens i know from first hand experience it can be really easy to get washed away in the wave of change that happened to me when i first started coding uh you may have not, may not heard that story and I'll, I'll i'll talk about it here a little bit but um you want to you got to pay attention to those trends and so i'm going to talk about some of those trends in today's podcast and what you need to do so that you don't get uh washed away with the change that's happening Also, uh, in the web development section, I'm going to talk about uh, frameworks, uh, specifically in PHP. I've been getting a lot of questions about using frameworks, switching frameworks, talking about stacks and so forth. So I just want to comment in general on should you be using frameworks, if so, which ones, Um, and talking about if you're going to switch and so forth. So we're going to cover that in the web development section. And then finally, we're going to talk in the Getting Clients section about content and why no matter where you are at skill-wise in your career as a coder, you should be producing content right now. And there's a couple of reasons why you should do that. One has to do with getting clients. The other has to do with just you personally. But we're going to cover that in this section and show you how you can use content to really position yourself and get the kind of clients that are going to pay you top dollar for your services. All right, so that's why we're going to cover this episode of the podcast, so stay tuned. The John Morris Show, your life on code. This is a podcast for web designers and developers. We talk about career advice, industry trends, motivation, and yes, sometimes technical coding. If you hear something during the show that makes you want to leave a comment, call 515-344-3163 and leave a message. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris show and in this first segment we're going to talk about some web design trends and I want to try to give you the overall concept. Now if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know that I generally try to do that. Maybe you don't understand why I always kind of try to take everything and step back for a second. Um, so let me explain that a little bit. First is when you see something like a post on, say, Next Web, where they talk about they talk about twelve trends that they're gonna see and that they think will be big in 2014. Right, and when you look at that, you it can be easy to kind of just get caught up in reading those and not necessarily understand where they're coming from and so when you don't understand where they're coming from when you just see them at face value what happens is you don't have a really you you always are kind of behind the curve in a sense because you're not you're not necessarily getting the big picture of what's happening And so you're not able to predict trends that are going to happen after the current one. So you're always kind of in a reactionary mode. You're always reacting to what's happening. And one, it can cause you to be behind. And two, it can be a little bit frustrating and overwhelming and and cause you grief uh, that you don't necessarily need to be going through. However, when you grasp the larger concept and understand what's happening big picture-wise, it allows you to see some of those details that maybe someone isn't talking about, that maybe someone isn't telling you. And you can start to see how things are moving uh, big picture-wise and get an idea of the trends that, that are going to happen. And so when I hope that by taking these kind of you know these individual what seem like separate ideas and showing you how they relate back to an actual overall concept and movement that's happening, you'll be able to start to see that for yourself and be able to predict trends, uh, predict the way that things are moving and, and be able to continually position yourself and move yourself so that you never get washed away by a particular trend. Now, I pay a ton of attention to this kind of thing. And the reason I do is because I, I've i been, I've had uh, a previous business get completely destroyed because I didn't pay attention to trends. I didn't, you know, I got caught up in a way. For me, it was, you know, it seems almost archaic now to talk about, but it really wasn't that long ago. And that is uh, what we called Web 2.0. And, you know, a lot of that movement involved Moving from static HTML sites to more interactive PHP MySQL driven websites. If you've been doing web design for any amount of time, you remember that shift. If you're new, you know, you've just kind of grown up knowing that you needed to build dynamic websites. Well, that wasn't always the case. For a lot of years, it was just static HTML websites. And I was in a web design business and I used, I've talked about this before, I used front page, Microsoft front page. Some of you might not even know what that is, but it's, uh, to really simplify it, I would say it's like Dreamweaver, but it's Microsoft's version. Um, and I used that to build on my websites. I didn't know how to write code. I never really tried to, learn I didn't even know how to write HTML. Um, at the time, CSS really... Uh, was kind of in its infancy. wasn't not a ton of people were necessarily using it, um, and so this movement happened. Um, and I didn't know how to code. I didn't see it coming. And soon I had a bunch of clients asking me for, you know, a site like My MySpace or you know a, a dynamic kind of database-driven site. And I didn't, I hadn't the fir- I didn't have the first clue how to create that kind of site. And I was a little bit obstinate about it, and I kind of spent some time refusing to learn that stuff, and what ultimately ended up happening is all my clients wanted that. I couldn't deliver, and so not only did I lose my existing clients, but I couldn't get any new clients because they all wanted the same thing. And so my business very quickly went out of business, um, and I had to go back to... You know, at that time I was working at, I think I went back to working at a pizza place and really hating life. You know, it was was a really tough time for me. It was a really bad spot to be in. It can really be demoralizing. You know, and so it was because I didn't see that trend coming. And I, I, even still, I could probably could have reacted to it fast enough. But had I seen it coming, I could have jumped ahead of it. Okay so I don't want you I that's the reason I pay attention to this kind of stuff very closely because I understand how it can ruin your business and and so I I don't want that to happen to you I I don't want you to get uh you know washed away by by the trends that are happening and it's very real uh thing it can happen All right so what are the trends now that, that we should be talking about? Well, I'm going to list off what they they talked about. I'm not listing off all of them. I'm listing listing off the ones that I think are pertinent to what we're talking about. But I want you to remember they they listed twelve, and so here I believe we have nine. So it's non boring topography, flat design, focus on mobile, video instead of text, long scrolling sites, simple color schemes, simplified content, and no sidebars. So that's a eight yeah eight so eight of the 12 i think are related to a central idea and that or or a central concept a movement that is happening and that movement i guess you would call the uh stream movement moving to where we consume the web we consume information as like a stream or a waterfall. And there's a couple things that, that are really driving that. The first and the biggest is mobile. Um, mobile is really changing the way that information is consumed. Now, we all know about responsive sites and, and so forth. But if you look at, for example, flat design, I don't hear a ton of people talking about why flat design is becoming you know, more and more popular. Sure, it's a little bit of a reaction to us going overboard with all the fancy images and graphics and so forth. However, a big part of flat design is uh, removing a lot of image elements, is focusing on simpler designs, using icon fonts and so forth. The reason that you do that is because they all have a much smaller footprint and why do we care? If our websites today have a smaller footprint. The reason we care is because of mobile. So if you look at flat design, a big driver behind flat design is mobile. Uh, if you look at, of course, focus on mobile, it seems kind of redundant, but uh again, you know, that's obviously mobile related. Long scrolling sites. Again, a big reason why long scrolling sites are coming back in is because most people are consuming. Content on their mobile device and on your mobile device, the sites that or or the applications that we visit regularly, like Facebook, Twitter, so forth, they're all long scrolling sites. We're used to scrolling sites in that fashion and 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 having to you know swipe up 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 be able to get to the content that we're after. So it's it, we're getting used to that, and that's really on a mobile device. A long scrolling site like that is the only way if you have a lot of information to present, it's really the only way to do it so again, driven by mobile simple color schemes again to me, this is related to flat design, mobile, simplified content again, you know this is this is somewhat related to mobile, this is also related to the other thing that I think is driving this, which is attention spans um but it's it's simplifying the presentation it's also simplifying the content making the content shorter no sidebar clearly something driven by mobile uh being able to consume uh, create designs that you're, you're easier to uh make responsive you know so of those of the 8 i think uh 5 of them are really you can clearly see they're focused on mobile and the other 3 simplified content um non-boring topography, and videos instead of text have to do with people's attention spans and what we're used to and so uh, again to me this is the this is the idea of the stream we're we're getting more and more comfortable and used to consuming content in a stream and so when we do that and we're, and we're doing it because we're on a mobile device and because of the way we're used to interacting with one another on social sites and so we're we're consuming content in kind of this stream format and so the content has to be and the the presentation has to be simpler the content has to be simpler you know the display has to work very well on mobile you know we have to find ways to make the topography that we're using engaging everything is about uh, presenting it in a stream and making it engaging getting people to to further want to interact with it and so that overall idea of the stream is what's driving a lot of these trends of being able to consume content in small f- fractions uh in, in small chunks doing it in a in a in a kind of a stream format where everything gets just you know new content piles on top of older content uh, and we consume it in that fashion and so as a web designer, then it's important to understand that trend and see you know, where, where things are going and try to predict, okay, if we're making this movement from viewing everything on a a desktop and, you know, having kind of chunks side by side, we're going from that kind of view to viewing thing, everything in a stream, you know, content just piling on top of itself, all in kind of a single column type layout. What else is going to be you know, a part of that trend. What else am I going to need to be able to know uh in order to interact with or be able to build those kind of sites for clients? Because ultimately that's what we're after. We're gonna have to build this stuff. Whether it's for a client, a company, whatever the case may be, you're gonna be the ones building this kind of stuff. And so, you know, again, focus, I believe your focus should be very heavy on responsive design right now, I think that kind of goes without saying, but I still see a lot of people who are kind of just dipping their toe in and are hesitant to get into it. Um, you really need to dive all in to mobile de- or to responsive design. I think it's also important to start really pay atten- really paying attention to um, design elements in terms of keeping the footprint small, not using a ton of images. Um, using icon fonts, you know, really uh, making uh, the the footprint what has to be downloaded by a mobile device as little as possible because speed of load, how fast a page loads, will still always be a huge priority, uh, no matter what happens. You know, and so you can just you can kind of look at that and you can maybe start to get some ideas of how this might you know be affected in the future. What other things it might might bring about, uh, and and be able to stay ahead of, of of that trend. So, you know, again, uh, mobile really is driving a lot of what's happening right now, um, and uh, you know the 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 idea of us all consuming shorter content, having less time and attention to be able to pay to individual things, it's kind of creating this stream idea. Uh, and us as web designers and web developers have to, to look at that and understand that and be able to react to it. All right, so that's the trends. That's for That'll end our first segment. In the second segment, we're going to talk about using frameworks versus using plain PHP, talking about different stacks, moving between stacks, and so forth. All right, so we'll get into that after the break. Hey, guys, John here. You know, a few years ago, I was really struggling to get clients for my web design business. And that was even though I had a pretty killer portfolio, I thought, and I had always made the clients that I worked with super happy uh, on the projects I worked with them on, I still seemed to struggle to win clients on the freelance sites like Elance and Odesk. In fact, it was becoming a little bit of a major problem because I was going broke because I kept getting underbid on those freelance sites. And I remember I used to lay, lay, lay awake at night racking my brain because I knew that there had to be some way to get the kind of clients I wanted and make the kind of income that I was after. So then in a kind of fit of desperation, I started using some marketing techniques that I had learned from my days selling shoes in the mall. And man, suddenly things really started to change. I started winning more and more jobs on Elance and Odesk. And my big business began to really take off. And finally, I felt like I had control and that I could get hired for any project that I really wanted. So eventually, I applied those techniques to my entire business. And now, I don't even go on those freelance sites anymore because I have more clients coming to me than I can even handle. In fact, I turn down these days more work than I accept. And... If I need to, I can quickly drum up any new business whenever I want. And that's all while working a heck of a lot less than I did before and making a lot more money than I did before. So now what I'd like to do is I'd like to share that information with you. I'd like to share with you what I learned that helped me to transform my coding career. So what I want you to do is head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and right at the top You're going to see a web form where you'll be able to subscribe to my mailing list. I want you to head there and subscribe to that mailing list right now. And I'm going to send you over time the information that I learned that helped me transform my coding career and start making the kind of income that I wanted to make all while working a lot less hours and being a lot less frustrated. Right, So head on over to johnmorrisonline.com. Complete that form to sign up to the mailing list and I'll start sending you that information so you can transform your coding career just like I did. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to The John Morris Show and in the second segment on Web Development we're gonna talk about using frameworks versus using plain PHP. You know, talk uh, when to switch between them, if it's a good idea, if you should be using frameworks versus using plain PHP, and so forth. And so, this is actually uh, this segment is, or this topic is inspired by um, a Twitter conversation I had with uh, a guy by the name of Joe Zach. And Joe Zach uh, helps run a podcast over at codingblocks.net. And, you know, they're a little more .net heavy um, however they're, they they i i've listened to the podcast they do a pretty good job of staying tech agnostic and you know not necessarily getting you know too much into uh .net where it's not useful for somebody else so as a php coder what what i like about the podcast is a lot of what they're talking about they may be talking about it in a different language but it's it's more on a conceptual level most of the time, so it applies to whether you're writing PHP, you know you're in C# sharp or whatever you might be in. you know, it, it's, it's more of talking about things on a conceptual level, so it can be applied to any language. so uh, go on go ahead and head on over to codingblocks.net and check out their podcast and subscribe. Um, And the question he asked had to do actually with stacks and what I thought about um, changing stacks from something say like Ruby on Rails to Node.js or as one example. Um, I've also got a lot of questions lately here about should I be using a framework? If so, what framework should I be be using and so forth? Now, I'm gonna just be 100% honest with you and tell you, that my opinion is pretty biased on this because I've never used any kind of framework before. And the main reason that I don't use a framework is because I work in WordPress and WordPress is kind of my framework. Now it's not obviously not actually a framework, but you know, being what it is, it's, it's a code base that, you know, helps, uh, Smooth some of you know some of the different things that that I need to do, you know. So trying to take, for example, a framework like Ruby on Rails and you know make that work with WordPress, you know. Again, I haven't used Ruby on Rails, so that's probably possible. I don't know, but um, it it just seems like it would be kind of overkill or overcomplicating the situation. So I've never really worked with a framework, but um, you know I worked with a lot of developers that have you know been doing this for a while so I'm definitely familiar with them um and my general opinion on it is that for the most part I prefer to stick with plain PHP and the main reason is is frameworks are really great if what you want to do uh is is supported by the framework right so if the framework has already built in to it, something that you want to do, then it's really great because it really makes it easy. You know, it you don't have to, you know, you, it really just cuts down on the amount of code that you have to write. Uh, and it helps, you know, with all the other things in terms of security and reliability and making sure the code's written concisely and so forth. Like it helps with all of that stuff. The problem with frameworks is if you want to do something that, is outside of what the framework can do. So if you start to try to do something that the framework doesn't natively support or maybe do something it does but in a different way or so forth, then it becomes pretty difficult to be able to work with within that framework and uh a lot easier to to you know to break uh your code. And so you know, again, it it just kind of depends what it is that you're doing. My general thought on it is I think it's good for you to for example learn a framework like Ruby on Rails if you're not familiar with object-oriented programming at all because those frameworks are to be able to use them they're going to force you to understand object-oriented programming. They're going to they're going to force you to 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 use them in a way that's going to change the way that you code and learning those frameworks will will give you let you look at some really well written code and give you a better idea of of how to write your own so i say that to say you know use a framework if what you need to do is supported by that framework use a framework so you can learn how to be a better coder use a framework so you can learn object oriented programming You know, there's lots of good reasons to use a framework. However, I would say don't necessarily tie yourself 100% to a framework where you can't really code without it. Uh, I would suggest that you use it more as a tool than as how you, you know, a tool to become a better coder more than it be the way that you work 100% of the time. I know there's a lot of people out there using frameworks that are gonna just skewer me, um, but that's just my general opinion. It's obviously biased because uh, you know of of the kind of the the area that I work in with with WordPress and and doing most of my stuff in there. But I, I just I feel like you know uh, again a framework can be really 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 helpful and it can also be really 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 limiting. And so you just have to understand that if you're going to use a framework, you're, the, the confine is really big. It's not like it's going to c- confine you to this really small thing that you can build. There'll be lots that you can do with it, but there will be limitations. And uh, even the language like PHP has limitations, but I would say that the, the boundaries are much larger when you look at PHP versus a PHP framework right so uh, that's my general thought on frameworks in terms of you know switching stacks and if you should and you know when when you should switching from something like ruby on rails to like node or whatever i i just really believe it comes down to to personal preference it comes down to what it is that you're trying to do what it is that you're trying to build for me it it doesn't make any sense to 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 use something like Ruby on Rails or Node.js because it just it's not something in terms of WordPress I mean it it just doesn't make any sense it's not something that I'm going to it's going to make things easier for me you know so it it, again for me it doesn't make any sense now you know for someone else who's out there who you know a framework like Ruby on Rails uh, works really really well for they can build everything that they want to build Absolutely. I mean, definitely use it um to, to build what you want to build. If it can do everything that you need it to do and it can help you build it quicker, uh in a in a better fashion, absolutely. Build what you need to build with it. Uh Node.js, same thing. If it'll do what you need it to do, absolutely. Now in terms of switching from you know, one to the other, I think the thing about technology today, this is a I don't want to. I don't like to get off on a rant like this, but I, I, I just it, it's very pertinent. I think the technologies that we have today are coalescing. I think in the future we're gonna have a much smaller set of languages and technologies that we code with, and they're all gonna be much more closely related. I mean, I, I look at something, for example, um, if you talk about desktop software, right? normally written in C uh, for however long and now you have something like the Chromebook coming out and I know people laugh at the Chromebook but a lot of people use Chromebooks and all of the applications being web applications written with HTML, CSS and JavaScript you know you see code editors coming out um, You know, a lot of the IDEs that are coming out now are built on web technologies you No, know, there's just there's a huge movement for everything being built with web technologies and i feel like that's only going to continue that more and more all of the different stuff that that's out there uh, is going to coalesce more and more and more to where all computer technology is written with a much smaller set of of languages um And it it becomes a lot more standard. And I think those languages are going to be much more along the lines of what we have for web technology. And, you know, so when it comes to, you know, talking about uh, changing stacks or what languages I should be using, what framework I should be using and so forth... You know, I, I just think you should definitely be sticking to web technologies, and realize that probably outside of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, everything else is an experiment. You know, PHP is probably you know more standard, but you know even so, I I would I would say that the that everything else is just even that is somewhat experimental in the sense that I think it's just going to go through a lot more change going forward. Uh, we're going to see a lot more coalescing and eventually everything's going to be written in a very similar set of Languages, so should you go out and learn node.js sure go out and learn it just understand that five ten years from now it may no longer exist or the form in which it exists now It may be totally different or it may be more like something else it, it, it I wouldn't get too wrapped up in an individual language I think what's more important is understanding object-oriented programming, understanding application design, understanding data modeling and object modeling, understanding the conceptual principles that can be applied to any language, uh, and then, yes, having a number of different languages at your disposal with which you can implement uh, those concepts, and understanding that The languages are going to change, they may change, and if you need to switch to one to do something better than than what you could with another language, then by all means, switch and use it, but again, just don't get too wrapped up in any particular language, uh, because it's all still still evolving. I mean, you look at how old the internet is, it's not that old, and so uh, things are going to change more and more and more. So that's my general thought on frameworks and switching and and so forth. All right. So that will end this segment. In the next segment, we're going to talk about getting clients and we're going to talk about how to use content to help you do that and make uh, getting clients, having them actually chase you instead of you having to chase them and, and using content to do that. All right. We'll get into that after the break. Hey, guys. John here. Real quick, I just wanted to ask you, do you have a burning question that you really would love to have answered, something that's been holding you back or frustrating you or keeping you from getting where you want to go when it comes to coding, when it comes to building your coding career. If you've got a question like that, then I would love to answer it for you. I would love to remove that roadblock from your path and allow you to continue to sprint down path that you're on to being a successful coder. So here's what I want you to do. If you have that kind of question, then I want you to give a call to 515-344-3163 and ask me your question. When you do, I'll obviously listen to it and then I will try to answer that question live on the show here and give you the answer that you're after and remove that roadblock from in front of you. So, that you can continue to go down your path to coding career success. All right. So, if you have one of those questions, again, call 515 344 3163 and I'll be more than happy to answer it for you. Thanks. The John Morris Show, your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show. And in this segment, the Getting Clients segment, (laughs) we're going to be talking about producing content, why you should be producing content right now, and how to do it in a way to help you get more clients. So in general, I think of... I use content, I think of content as a positioning tool. And the reason that I use content as a positioning tool is because of, I think you have to, to step back. It's easy to get caught, caught up in the details. I think you have to step back and understand what's actually happening when someone consumes your content. So for example, this podcast or an article that I might write or whatever the case may be, if someone comes to your site and they consume that content, And they actually read it or listen to it and get value out of it. uh, On a kind of a big picture conceptual level, you are actually taking up a position or a place in their mind. They are putting you somewhere in their mind and, and, and holding on to you there and seeing you in a very specific way as a result of that. Now... They may read your content and think it's crap. And that's going to put you in one position. Now, they may read your content and get a ton of value out of it. And that's going to put you in another position. So obviously, that's the importance of creating great content. But also, simply the topics that you choose to talk about with your content uh, and, and the way that you talk about them and how you present yourself when you talk about them. those All those things affect how people ultimately categorize you in their mind. And so it become content becomes a really, if you use it correctly, it becomes a really great positioning tool. Because, for example, let's say that you start creating a bunch of content around how to do jQuery, right? So you get a bunch of people that come to your, Website, they read your content, they see you have 50 posts on working with jQuery. Um, they consume those, they maybe actually try some of the stuff, it works for them and so forth. Now, what happens is they see you as a jQuery exit or expert. Your content has positioned you as that. You haven't had to say one word about being a jQuery expert, you haven't had to talk about any certifications or classes or anything you've done on jQuery. You haven't had to have a 100 testimonials from other people saying you're a jQuery expert. You have not had to say one thing to say that you're a jQuery expert. Simply by giving them content and giving them value on that topic, they see you as a jQuery expert. Now, that's important because... It allows you to position yourself how you want to be positioned without you having to say anything. All you have to do if you want to move from being seen as, say, a jQuery expert to a, HTML or a CSS expert is start producing content on CSS. Or maybe you want to be seen as a PHP expert, start producing content on PHP. Now, yeah, it takes some time. It's not going to happen on the first post, but it's the easiest way. For and the most convincing way for you to continually position yourself uh in 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 a market in, in in the community as a whole. Now that becomes important when we get back to talking about the fact that you should position yourself very specifically in your market to attract a certain kind of clients. And this is something I've been talking about over and over and over again. I still get people who give me Crap about the fact that they think I'm telling people to be too specific, et cetera, et cetera. I've done this. I I don't. (laughs) It's not theory. There's no question in my mind about it. You do need to be targeting very specifically your services. Again, understand what I'm saying here. I'm talking about the way you market yourself. I'm not talking about what you know. I'm not saying that you should only learn one thing as a coder. You should learn lots of things, but the first thing you should learn is the thing that you want to do, that you're passionate about, that you have skill and talent in, that you can deliver on. If you're new, understand I'm talking primarily to new coders. If you're new, that's what you should learn first. You shouldn't be learning jQuery if you're never going to use jQuery in the in the primary service you offer. It doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't be learning PHP if you're not going to be using PHP in the primary thing that you offer. You need to learn what it is that you're going to primarily deliver and learn that first. And once you have that mastered, then you can learn other stuff. And that allows you, when you learn other stuff, to reposition yourself if necessary. So, And the way you do that is with content. So let's say... That you've decided to start out, you love jQuery, you're going to be a jQuery expert, and that's what you're offering as your services. And you start producing a bunch of content in terms of jQuery tutorials and so forth to attract people who are interested in, um, you know, jQuery services and so forth to you. And then let's say, you know, tomorrow. Or, or let's say you've built up a big business doing this, and you're making your income, and your your whole livelihoods around this. And then all of a sudden, jQuery announces, "Hey, you know, we're killing jQuery. We're not going to be building jQuery anymore. It's done. You know, it's over." Now suddenly, your entire business is gone, right? Because jQuery's dead. Let's just assume. I know this is a really extreme example, but let's just say suddenly overnight. Your business goes from, you know, being everything that it is, making the income you want, to suddenly it's gone the next day. Nobody's going to want that anymore. What do you do? Well, what you do is you reposition yourself. Now, instead of being a jQuery expert, let's say the new big thing is, you know, whatever it is. Let's say it's CSS. Let's say there's, you know, there's something in, in building using CSS that you can you can do with. Well, to reposition yourself, you simply start creating content based off of, based on CSS, creating CSS content, just like you did with jQuery, but now you're doing it with CSS. And you produce that content, you change your service offering to be built around that particular thing, and now you're going to start attracting people who are after this thing in CSS that you can do. And they'll see your content they'll in your in their mind they'll see you as an expert, and when they go decide they want to hire someone to do that, you'll be one of the first people they go to so that's a really extreme example uh and a little bit of a dirty example i I admit, but it hopefully helps convey the idea of how your content can help you reposition yourself and adapt to the market. you know in the first segment we talked about trends well the way that you adapt to those trends when you see them coming is through content is by producing content that positions you as an expert on a particular topic and the thing is is you don't need some fancy credentials you don't have you don't have to wait you know for anything you can change your position today or if you don't have one you can start creating your position today you can start doing it right now so it's instant you can you can decide that you want to make a change and you can make it immediately and just start producing content around this new thing that you want to do and so uh, ultimately my point is that i know most coders out there are not producing content you know they're out there you're out there offering services and so forth but you're not creating content around what it is that you do and it can be hard to understand why you need to do that or how that's going to get you clients. But you have to understand in the coding world, there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers and those do-it-yourselfers are going to be a lot of the people, they're going to make up a good chunk of the people that are going to read, say, a jQuery tutorial. They're going to be some guy who doesn't really want to code but doesn't really know or trust developer enough to hire them. And he or she is just trying to get their site built. And they just want it built. And they're going to come across your tutorial and all your other tutorials. And it may help them get to where they're going. And then they may encounter another roadblock and decide, you know what? I don't want to do this one. And I'm going to hire someone to do it. And who do you think they're going to hire? Some random person on Elance that they don't know? Or the guy or girl whose content they've consumed Who've helped them to overcome other roadblocks. So, uh, content producing content is is the way you go from chasing clients to clients chasing you, uh, and it's the biggest way that you get off of, you know, the 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 freelance sites and and not have to be tight tie your business entire business around those sites is by producing content. So, if you're not producing content, you need to start right now. Now. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be even necessarily great the first time you do it. But that's the point. You have to get practice now to get good at creating content. Because as you get further in your career, you will reach a point where you realize, I need to create content. And if that's the point at which you start learning how to create content, it's really going to be frustrating. And trust me on that because that's what I did. Nobody ever told me that I needed to produce content. So all I did was spend all my time learning how to code. And that was probably three, four years where I was writing code, not producing any content, where if I had been producing content during that time as I was learning, then uh, my platform would be much larger than it was. I had basically no platform um, and I've had to spend now this these last years building, focus primarily on building my platform as opposed to leveraging my platform like I feel like I should be doing and that's because I just didn't start producing content soon enough So what I suggest is if you have a page if you built a website to offer your services You know when you have a description of what you offer and why you're the greatest and this that the other In your navigation bar somewhere up there <laughs> Put a link that says blog. I would keep your your service offering as your front page I I, I think that's a great idea but then put a link to your blog and on your blog, if you have to install WordPress or whatever thing you want to use to do it, start producing content and focus it on the services that you're specifically offering and make sure those services are targeted. And, you know, your content's not going to get a ton of traction at first, but uh, you just need to keep producing it, keep sharing it, keep, you know, trying to help people uh, deliver value results in advance. And eventually, uh, your content will take off. People will become more and more attracted to you, and you will get start getting more client requests than you know what to do with. I, <laughs> I to this day have so many client requests that I have to turn down just because it's not related to what I really want to do, or you know, it's I just don't have the time at that particular time because I have so many other things going on, or whatever the case may be, but it, that's how you get to that point. That's how you get to the point where you're turning down clients, where you're charging. I mean, the rates I charge, I, it's, I feel like, um, there's a part of me that's like, wow, that's a lot of money. Um, for, for me and how I grew up, it's just, but that's what I'm willing to do it for. You know, it's just, $500 an hour is crazy to me, but people pay it because that they want what I have to offer. And for what I do, I'm really the only place that they can get it. So they kind of have to pay it. And that's what I'm willing to do it for anymore, because I have so many other things going on, so many other opportunities that if you want my attention, if you want me to, to work on your thing, you know, that's just what it takes. So that's how you get to that point. That's how you position yourself as an expert. I've, I'll have i be honest, I've done nothing else to get to that point. And that's, I mean, I don't have any fancy certification. I don't, you know, haven't gone to some fancy school. I don't have a degree in, you know, computer science or whatever. I don't have any of that. The way I've got to where I'm at is by producing content. And of course, knowing what I'm doing. I mean, you have to be good at what you're doing. You know you can't uh, produce content and then just not know what you're doing and and not deliver for clients. But you know, so you you have to you have to handle your business in that sense. But you know when you uh, uh, you know if you're handling your business, content is the way that you can really kind of set yourself apart and take it to that next level, right? So if you're not yet start producing content and positioning yourself as an expert on The topic that's related to the services that you offer that's the that's the secret to (laughs) to winning when it comes to the developer world because most the fact is most developers just aren't going to do it they're not gonna you know most people listening this right now aren't going to take this advice they're not going to start producing content if they do they'll try it for a week or a month and then they'll give up and they'll think that all i really need to do is just Get really, 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 really good at coding, and that's all that matters. In today's world, it's not. There's, you know, you can't swing a stick without hitting a developer, as my dad would say. You know, there's tons of developers out there. You need a way to set yourself apart, and content is the easiest way to do that. All right. So that ends the segment on getting clients. Uh, after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, how you can get access to more of this information and help take your coding career to the next. Level. All right, see you after the break. Hey, guys, John here. Hey, I wanted to ask you real quick. Are you on Twitter? If so, I would love to connect with you. I'm looking to connect more and more with the people that listen to this podcast and follow me online and to help you get further down your coding career. And Twitter is a really awesome way to go about doing that. So if you're on Twitter, then go ahead and do a search for me. It's John Morris, or you can find me at Morris. And go ahead and follow me and then if you have a burning question that you would like for me to answer or you have a suggestion for a podcast topic or a tutorial topic, then go ahead and send that over to me so I can take a look and help you uh, with your problem or help you get further down your coding career with the tutorial. Alright, so head on over to twitter.com slash jpmorris. You can find me there. Be sure to follow me and then let me know what questions you have, what suggestions you have, and so forth. And let's let's connect over on Twitter. All right, appreciate it. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The John Morris Show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to get access to all of the episodes, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or subscribe to the RSS feed. Uh, to get access to those links, you can head over to johnmorrisonline.com slash johnmorrisshow and you'll be able to get access to uh, those links. You'll also see all the past episodes. You'll be able to see how if you have a question, you can uh, call me and leave a message uh, and I'll try to answer your question live on the podcast. You can also follow me uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash j-o-h-h-n, that is my personal profile, so just add me as a friend and I'll add you back. Um, and then also twitter.com slash jpmorris, plus.google.com, plus sign John Morris Online, um and a whole bunch of others that I'll have links for. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash so and you can get access to all of that information if you'd like to connect to get access to past episodes and so forth. All right, so if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast, head on over there to do that. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode.